Welcome to Prophecy Countdown with author and pastor Kenneth Baer. Join us every week for the latest updates on what the Bible has to say about the events, the characters, and prophetic signs of the return of Jesus Christ and His coming kingdom. Make sure you not only subscribe, but like your favorite episodes and share it with your friends. Now, on with the broadcast. Welcome today to our weekly Prophecy Update. I'm Pastor Ken with Faith Dialogue. We provide two updates each week, uh, one on Sunday that premieres at 1 o'clock, 1 p.m., and the other on Wednesday that premieres at 11 a.m. Now on Sundays, we're presently going through the Gospel of Matthew, and as our custom is, we go through chapter by chapter, verse by verse, book by book, and we think that's the best way to basically communicate the entire uh, Word of God. Um, on Wednesdays, however, um, our updates are always prophecy updated, always prophecy related, and the prophecy updates we get, the topics for them come from you, the viewer and the listener to our, to our podcast or our, our video channel. Uh, we have an email address on uh, Gmail called Prophecy Countdown Podcast at gmail.com. That's Prophecy Countdown Podcast at gmail.com. If you send us your question, I respond to every single one of those emails directly myself. Um, and that's where we get our topics. Now, a few weeks ago, we had uh, an interest from one of our viewers uh, about the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And we thought that would be very appropriate and also give us a series of five weeks. So we started off two weeks ago talking about the four horsemen of the apocalypse in general. Last week, we covered the first horseman of the apocalypse, which is known as the Antichrist. And today, our topic is the second horseman of the apocalypse. And this brings war, probably a, a global war. So, you know, when, when we started off, we started, this is chapter 6. This is the beginning of what we know as the tribulation. The tribulation, uh, we know from the book of Daniel, is Daniel's 70th week. It lasts seven years. Two periods of uh, three and a half years or 42 months. Uh, during the first half of the tribulation, which begins in chapter 6 of the book of Revelation, um, we, we see, uh, we see the, these four seals, or the, these first four horsemen, actually a total of seven seals. Now, the white horse, the first, the first uh, horseman on the white horse, we identified as the, as the Antichrist. Now, what's interesting is the next three seals that follow that, all are harbingers of war, famine, and death. And these all kind of go together because we know that when there's a, when there's a war, when a nation goes to war, Often it causes disruptions in the, uh, in the supply chain, which brings famine and high inflation. So they all kind of go together. But I want to take them one at a time, and we'll unpack it as we go. Talk a little bit again, again about the significance of, this, of these riders on the horses, the first four horsemen of the apocalypse. The second horseman of the apocalypse uh, begins in verse 3 of chapter 6 of Revelation. Let me read it to you. When he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature saying, Come and see. Another horse, fiery red, went out, and it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth, and that people should kill one another, and there was given to him a great sword. You know, one of the things I want to mention is that this, these seals, these seals are held into, in, the, in the hand by God, God the Father, there was no one that was found worthy until they saw Jesus, the Lamb of God, the Lamb as if it had been slain, who took the seals and began to open the seals. It's Jesus opening the, the seals. He's the one that was found worthy. Many people think these seals are the, 
tidal deed to the earth. Either way, they are the beginning of what we know as the, the tribulation. Now this period of time, these opening of these seals and the, the war and the famine and the death and the, the, the rise of the Antichrist, were all spoken of very specifically by Jesus in what is known as the Olivet Discourse. The Olivet Discourse is found in the 24th chapter of Matthew. It's also in Luke. But Jesus is basically answering a question that was given to him by his disciples when Jesus remarked that the temple stones would not be found one on top of the other. He was predicting, giving a prophecy of the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem that happened in 70 AD. And they ask him questions. When will these things be, Jesus? And Jesus says this. He says, and you shall hear of wars and rumors of war. See that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. That's Matthew 24, verses 6 and 7. Now, uh, specifically, when it talks about the great tribulation, Jesus continues just a few verses later. He says, Jesus says, For then shall be great tribulation, such as not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor ever shall be. And that's verse 21 of Matthew 24. So scholars believe, and I'm, I'm in agreement with them, that this fiery red horse that takes peace from the earth, that people should kill one another, is an indication of a, of a global war, a world war. You know, for those of you that know a little bit about history, going back to World War I, and none of us were around for World War I, but we know our history, we know that it started in 1914 when Archduke Ferdinand and his wife Sophia were assassinated on the streets of Sarajevo um, in 1914. Now that began an escalation of war, of, of, um, of countries banding together in order to accomplish something. What they were trying to accomplish is take back territory, of, of, of settle uh, old debts, of, of getting vengeance on their enemies. Uh, some of these territories were taken hundreds of years ago, hundreds of years before that. And this was an escalation. And that's how wars start, with an escalation. Within a few years, over 30 nations had joined in. And uh, it, was a, it was a great war. In fact, that's what it was called, the Great War. Um, it had over 40 million casualties, 15 to 20 million deaths. Nobody had ever seen a war quite like that. Now, did you know that it was not called World War I, however? It was called the Great War. It wasn't called World War I until 1939, when, when Hitler started marching across Poland and Europe was thrown back into another world war, which became World War II, this became World War I then. Now, over the next four years from after when, uh, actually from 1939 to 1945, so the World War II was, was much more horrific, much worse than World War I. There were um, 75 to 85 million people that were killed, about 3% of the total population of the world. Now. The global war that we see here in the second seal being unsealed um, and the fiery red horse, the rider on the fiery red horse, will be even much more horrific than what we saw in World War II. And we get this because of the words of Jesus in Matthew 24 that I just read. Um, it's the very worst warfare that is, is yet to come uh, or will ever be. And we, of course we know this because you know we had atomic bombs dropped on Japan uh, by the United States that ended World War II. But now we have thermonuclear weapons. We have thir third, fourth, and fifth generation 
nuclear weapons that are much more deadly, much more powerful, and much more prolific uh, than what we had at World War II. The Bible tells us that this rider on the red horse was granted the authority to take peace from the earth. Uh, now take note, it says, removes peace from the earth, or take peace from the earth, indicating there was a period of peace. Many scholars believe that the rise of the Antichrist, which we saw in the unveiling of the first seal, the rider on the white horse, is the Antichrist. And he comes to, to, to power by brokering a peace treaty. Um, the book of Daniel, chapter 9, tells us that the Antichrist will broker a, a peace treaty or will confirm a peace treaty with many that leads to peace in Jerusalem for a period of seven years, but that peace is broken after three and a half years, indicating possibly the difference between the tribulation and the great tribulation that Jesus speaks of. Now, the world, this Antichrist, he comes to power through deceit. You know, and, the, and we talked about this last week, but the, the, the world falls for it. And don't we always, I mean, we, we tend to uh, elect and, and fall after and, and, and love these politicians that promise us solutions to problems that, that they themselves cause. I mean, isn't that true? I mean, it really is. Uh, ultimately, the uh, Antichrist comes to power. He rules over 10 kings. That's in Revelation chapter 17. Um, and the, the, the Antichrist is patient. He'll wait his time. He'll wait until the time is right to finally reveal who he truly do, who he truly is. What we, what we do know for sure is the Antichrist will be revealed. He's a master deceiver. You know, Jesus, in fact, said in Matthew 24, in the beginning of the Olivet Discourse, he said, do not be deceived. He said three times, do not be deceived, meaning that deception will be a huge part of the coming of the, of the Antichrist. You know, the Apostle Paul, uh, remarks on this as well about the coming of the, uh, the end days, the coming of the Lord. He says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, he says, for when they say peace and safety, when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman and they shall not escape. So again, we believe that this, uh, this period of, tri this tri tribulation period begins with some kind of uh, peace treaty when the world is at relative peace. And then all of a sudden, the second rider, the rider on the red horse, the fiery red horse, is, is, le is, is, is released. And, and peace is taken from the earth. You know, we're, we've recently experienced a, a, a period of time when peace was taken from the earth, didn't we? Uh, back in 2020, during the beginning of the COVID crisis, uh, we had relative, I mean, people were supposed to be quarantined. They were supposed to be locked up. People weren't working. People were staying at home. They were distancing and what happened uh, we had riots that broke out in all of our major cities in the united states i mean poor minneapolis it'll it'll never seattle portland oregon there's a number of cities that will probably never recover to what they were prior to the pandemic and what was a big part of it it was deception you probably heard the words fake news for the first time because it seemed like the national news was broadcasting something that was obvious to many of us that was a deception they seemed to see something, they, see, they saw peaceful demonstrations. And, and we saw cars on fires and, and, fi and, and buildings being torn down and looted. I mean, what their perception and our perception were, were completely opposite. And this is exactly what the Bible talks about. It talks about deception at the end times. You know, we're living in a time uh, when the scriptures say about the last days, uh, it's actually becoming a reality. Let me read for you what the Apostle Paul says 
in his letter to Timothy chapter 3. This is 2 Timothy chapter, chapter 3. Paul says this, he says, but know this, that in the last days, that's what we're talking about, this last days, prophecy update is about the last days. In the last days, perilous times will come. Men will become lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boast, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders without self-control, brutal, despise. Look, all these adjectives describing basically the, the state of the human condition during the end times. Let me continue. Uh, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And then in verse 5, Paul says, having a form of godliness but denying its power, from such people turn away. And don't we see that today? You know, we see people that, that uh, get on the news, that, that um, have a fouling, maybe they're politicians, and, and they, they seem like they're godly, that they have, they've figured out something, they're better than you, they're, 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 they're morally upright, but actually they're, they're, they're teaching deceit and lies. Uh, they're turning um, what we know the, in the Bible to be true and what traditionally has been true for, for, for millennia. Uh, on its head and saying somehow that now this is the new revelation they have. They are, what's the word? They're woke. They're woke. So, now the color of the horse associated with the second seal is also important. Um, it's, 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 it's called fiery red in the New King James that I read. In many of your translations, it's fiery red or, or, or red. Um, or, the word there in the Greek is pearls. Coming from the word pearl, in Greek, which is for fire. So the idea of fiery red. And actually, this word peros is used twice in the book of Revelation. Here, when the rider on the second horse is revealed, uh, but also uh, when it describes the, uh, the, uh, the dragon in chapter 12. This, this dragon that represents um, uh, Satan, uh, represents the, the, the evil one, and he's described as fiery red. Now, in the Bible, the color red is, is full of symbolism. It's used in a number of different ways. Red is, of course, the color of blood, which, which talks about bloodshed and, and evil. But at the same time, it's also, because it's blood, also speaks of atonement. You know, God brings atonement, though our sins be like scarlet. Let me read that to you. That's from out of, I, the book of Isaiah. Isaiah says, come now. Let us reason together, says the Lord, though your sins are like scarlet. They shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they will be white as wool. That's Isaiah chapter 1, very beginning of the book of Isaiah in verse 18. Now, this is a really good time as we get to the end of our prophecy update to remind people that the reason the, these people are going through the tribulation, what's called the earth dwellers, uh, they go through this tribulation is because they have not dealt with their sin problem. You see, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're a churchgoer, you read your Bible, you're trying to find out more about the end times and the second coming of the Lord, most likely you've dealt with your sin problem. And you've dealt with your sin problem the only way possible, which is to come to Jesus. Jesus is the one that died on the cross for your sin, that he rose again on the third day. When we believe that he died and he rose again and we put our trust and faith in Jesus, we deal with our sin problem because our sins are, are forgiven. Now, for those that have dealt with their sin problem, the Lord promised in, in John 14 that he is going to prepare a place for us. 
and that he will return and receive us unto himself. Uh, the Apostle Paul talks about that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 17. It's a, it's a resurrection. The dead rise first, and then we which are alive and remain will be caught up together to be with them. We meet the Lord in the air and will forever be with the Lord. Now, we believe that Scripture teaches this doctrine of what we call the rapture of the church. And it's, it happens prior to the tribulation. Um, uh, prior to the four horsemen being released. So if you've read stories or if you've read other articles or listened to people talking about that these four horsemen have already been released and they're running rampant through the earth, you know, uh, that just, that's just bad hermeneutics. It just doesn't follow what the scriptures clearly tell. And that is, is that God still has a plan for Israel. God has a plan for Israel. The 70th week of Daniel is called the time of Jacob's trial. And the idea is that God has not has not, has not done with Israel. The, the, in, in, uh, in the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul says that there's a mystery, and the mystery is that all of Israel will be saved. We don't see that yet today. If you go over to Israel, it's, a, it's an amazing place. It's a, it's a beautiful place, and it's amazing to see what God has done and the, and the, and the Jews that have come back to Israel. This is a fulfillment of prophecy as well. Uh, but all of the Jews, they don't know Jesus. Christianity is a very, very small minority in the, in the, in the, in the land of Israel. Um, so as we, get, as we finish, let me, let me spend a little couple minutes on this, on this Greek word uh, talking about the mighty sword. You know, if you've seen, um, if you've seen paintings from the Middle Ages, reliefs, uh, going all the way back to the 5th and 6th century, uh, we have, we have uh, depictions of this, this rider on the red horse, the fiery red horse. And he's got this huge sword in his hand. Well, it could be. That's a mighty sword, obviously. But the word that's used there can also be used for a, a slaughter knife, a short sword or a dagger. This is kind of like the dagger that the Romans carried in their belt uh, for close hand-to-hand -hand contact that could take the dagger out and, and do great damage with it. It reminds me of uh, the people in Israel. Often when they were fighting with their enemies, God would confuse their enemies and they would begin to kill one another. Uh, for example, in 1 Samuel chapter 14, it says this. It says, Then Saul and all of the people who were with him assembled, and they went to battle. And indeed, every man's sword was against his neighbor, and there was great confusion. You know, this sounds a lot like what we hear with the second rider on the red horse, the fiery red horse, that it was given authority for men to kill one another. And I'll leave you with this, is that the second rider on the red horse it's, it brings what we know as a global war, but it may be completely different than what we've known from World War I and World War II. This could be breaking out just, just spontaneously, nations against nations, ethnic groups against ethnic groups. And, and whether it's by soldiers or mercenaries or armies or mobs, firebombs, bricks, guns or knives, it doesn't make any difference. Men will seek to kill each other. Peace will be taken from the earth. There will be a very difficult time. And here's the thing, is that this rider on the red horse is not done, because as I hinted at the very beginning, that when you have a war like this, uh, supply chains are disrupted, famine breaks out, uh, inflation goes up because there's not enough goods and services to be able to service the people, so the prices go sky high. And we'll see that as we read about the rider on the third, the third seal and the fourth seal, the rider on the black horse and the, and the red horse, or, or the... Uh, or the pale yellow horse. Um, now, I don't want to leave you pessimistic. Remember, I told you that uh, 
if you deal with your sin problem, if you come to Jesus, we don't have to uh, be concerned about living through the tribulation. Don't get me wrong. There's going to be tribulation. There are millions of people that have died for Christ. All the apostles were martyred for Christ. And no doubt there's going to be tribulation in our lives. All of us will have tribulation. Jesus promised that. If we follow Jesus, we will have trials and tribulation. But that's completely different than the final seven years or the great tribulation. Um, when the last Gentile is brought into fellowship with God, when uh, that last person comes to, to Jesus, that'll be the indication that the time of the church has ended. Je Jesus will come for the saints. Those that have died will be resurrected first. We which are alive and remain will be caught up together with them. This is what Paul refers to as the blessed hope. We're to encourage each other with the indication that as we see the signs of the time, as we see these days approaching, we know that our redemption draws not. The Bible says to, to look up. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, we want to thank you, Lord, for who you are. We thank Nearly every day, it's common to see, read, or hear something about the end of the world, the apocalypse, or end times. Author and pastor Kenneth Baer's The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom zooms in and breaks down biblical prophecy as it relates to Jesus' imminent return and the coming seven-year period, including the Great Tribulation. Available in both paperback and Kindle versions. Get your copy on Amazon or at Barnes & Noble and select Christian bookstores. The title again is The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom. You can also find it listed by author Kenneth Baer. Get your copy today. <laughs>